It is Thursday, September 22nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Thursday Night Football kicks off week three in the NFL. And we've got a pair of college football games to look ahead to. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. Welcome into Straight Out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Cleveland Browns, four and a half point favorites against the Pittsburgh Steelers, an incredibly low total, 38 points. We have some breaking news in the NBA that came down last night. Celtics coach Ime Udoka facing a possible suspension, possible market movements. And West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State starting the college football slate tonight. So what's the Vegas lead, AJ? I think we have to go with Thursday night football, right? It has to be Thursday night NFL, the kickoff of week three, the Browns and Steelers and AFC North battle, and we're expecting an ugly one from the numbers on the board. Well, you mentioned the total. So what is it at? 38, the current total. Do Down you, from an opener of 40 and a half. Do you think that has to do with the public buying into the whole primetime unders and the, that trend that's popular on the internet these days? I think it has as much to do with that as it does with Jacoby Brissett versus Mitchell Trubisky in a quarterback matchup. I think th- those are both good reasons to look to the under here. Yeah, uh... Not a fan of either of these offenses. Although I will say I do like both running backs. So if I were coaching this game, I'd hand the ball off 40 times. I think that's a good call. I think that's probably the game plan for both these teams. Well, we uh, recorded the Dream Pod last night, and R.J. Bell and Steve Fezzik shared their thoughts on this matchup. Let's hear what the boys have to say. RJ Bell here, and we're in overtime. Why? Because we are supporting Straight Out of Vegas AM. We love this show. I, I got to be honest, I'm spending more time on this show in a way, listening to it, giving feedback, though it's Scott and AJ's baby. We got to say that right now. Well produced. Well produced. Are we going to get Scott's here just being quiet? Because right after the Dream Pod, are we going to get the fade out that says nobody does it like we do? Absolutely. Oh, I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a hip. You know that song's called Vegas. I did not know that. Yes, sir. Yeah. But I did know nobody does it like we do. I, that is true. That is true. Good and bad sometimes. Fez, Thursday night, Steelers, one concern I have right now, fatigue. Pittsburgh, big game on the road, Cincinnati. Eighth straight season, the Steelers started with a road game. How is that? I don't know. They don't like it. I'll tell you that much. Then week two, you know, Patriots is a physical game. Physical. Now you have a second physical game. Now you got to go on the road short week. Now I get it. It's a divisional rival. So they're more familiar. Being on the road's not as bad. I think the fatigue though, man, this is not the time for three days off in another game. I think that is a downgrade for Pittsburgh for sure. No doubt. And this I'm kind of violating basic strategy because I'm looking towards Pittsburgh here. And I and guess what's basic strategy? Not playing the road team? Don't play the road team on a Thursday. But if you are gonna break the rules and play the road team on a Thursday, you wanna play it early in the year, 
before a team's already banged up mm-hmm. and, and, you want, and you want to play a real short, less than a thousand mile travel. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So we've got that going for us. Although you bring up an excellent point. These were two tough physical games for Pittsburgh, and that most certainly is a concern. The Dalai Lama didn't give a tip, but he said you got it. What was that? Eternal happiness. So you got that going. You for got you. that going for you. <laughs> Llama, long, long. Okay. <laughs> Big hitter. <laughs> okay, another factor. His total is down to 38. When did we go back 20 years ago with these totals now? You know, it, Why is this 38? I guess Pittsburgh's offense is the worst. Maybe that could be part of it. And, you know, we've seen, you know, the Najee Harris four-yard carry play after play after play in the past, you know, that that certainly. They made the playoffs with that. It's true. You know, Pittsburgh also offensively, no secret, you know, this so much more dynamic at home than on the road. Pittsburgh always struggles to score. Well, that was Big Ben. Yeah, but it was also the team. Yeah, but what I'm saying is Big Ben was the team in a way through many of these years, and he's the type of guy that gets lax of days. The little disciplined things on the road weren't his thing. You know, I wanted to ask you about this game. So obviously Cleveland loses last week when they score late, all right? is Now, now they're laying four in this game. And let, let's be clear. The idea of him stopping there when it was a busted – I mean, it wasn't on the three or whatever. It was like he burst through. You see the goal line. You've been trained. Yeah. Let's not make that as a disaster because at that point it took it was like ninety nine point yeah so but, 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 but give the guy the touchdown I'm fine I'm fine with that but I'm saying going forward I want to ask you this is it isn't it more possible if Cleveland leads this game by say one two three and it's the end game and they're driving. Uh-huh. That they look, they're like, it's a reminder, you know, let's just not get in the end zone. Let's just run out the clock. Well, I would say scenario-based, right? If a touchdown puts them up nine, that's not going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess they missed the extra point to make it even. How'd that go? They missed the extra point? They went up 13. Uh They kicked and missed the extra point. So they got up two scores. They still lost. So if they're up three. So they make the extra point, it goes to overtime. Yes. Oh, geez. Okay. So how do you think in general the Browns – because uh, here's the thing. They could have started out 2-0 and with Watson coming back. You know, what, what is it, week 13 he's coming back? Because mm-hmm. it, it's 11 and it, they got to buy in yeah, 12. Yeah, 12th game. Yeah. Okay. So now my point is they start 2-0. and All of a sudden playoffs are starting to look pretty viable because you look at the rest of the games remaining – they, if they go even 500, they'd be two games over 500 with Watson coming back. Sure. So this was a big loss. Oh, this was just, yeah, gut Are they demoralized? I think you have to be. Yeah. You have to be. You, had, you, you know what? You, you had the game won against a terrible team. And, you know, I go back to any aspect of sports. When you're a clear favorite, you outplay a team the whole way and then you just oh, totally cough up the game. That can't be a positive. There's got to be locker room issues, people pointing fingers. Let's do a force pick. I want to. I mean, this is uh, like a pizza bat for me. But I'm going to oh. do a force one. You got one? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I got two of them. All right. Uh, well, just give us one. Can I do a, a prop? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to go Chubb over 81 rushing yards. The Pittsburgh rush defense, mm. they couldn't stop New England this at the end of the game when they knew New England was going to run. So how are they going to stop Chubb, who's a great runner? With the, this reminds me of when you didn't know who McCaffrey was. C-Mac. Then we sent an email around saying how good he was, and all of a sudden Fez has this hollowed non-quarterbacks worth a point and a half, and it's usually four or five people. 
somehow McCaffrey went from not being on the half point list to being on the one and a half list. Right or wrong? Yeah, it's true. Now, now he finally learned about the Steelers' run defense, and now he's saying, I'm propping against it, baby. And you say I don't listen to you. <laughs> you know what's They're- funny, though? We're saying this because Feds doesn't handicap by players typically, right? And it shows you there's a lot of ways to win because he's a winner. Yeah, bold prediction. Uh-huh. This rush prop closes 90, and you can play over 80 and a half right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Here's mine. I like Pittsburgh under first half. Pittsburgh team total under first half. Tomlin's famous when something's not going right, and let's be honest, Trubisky, this offense isn't. They come in and just do that. They beat their heads against the wall till about halftime. Then they'll say, let's try something different. So in general, I think Pittsburgh doesn't score a lot early. Maybe they score more later. McKenzie, can you get a number on that? Yes, sir. All right, you know what we're going to do? Got to be seven and a half. I'm going to somehow teleport this into the future, and I'm going to give this to Scott and AJ. They will know what the team total is right when they take it back, and here it is. We're handing it off. Go. And that number is seven and a half. So Fez was right in his assumption. And Fez joins us here. A special double dip after recording the Dream Pod. Well, thank you, boys, for having me on. Fine job to start out the endeavor. Scott, I wanted to ask you. So you made a comment. Boy, if I was the coach, I'd just hand the ball off. You know, got two real good running backs here. And because of that game script, if we're going to play the total instead of playing under 38, would we not be better? playing a first quarter under set maybe seven at minus 140 first half under 19. I like the first half. That's probably where I would lean because I think the first half will be kind of like that feeling out process, hand the football off, see how successful the running game could be. And then also I'd rather bet first half unders than second half unders in general, because, you know, a team could be playing from behind in the second half and then there could be throws and overtime and who knows. So I would lean first half under, if that's the way I want to play it, 19 and a half is the total. AJ, any feel for that? Yeah, I mean, it, there's certainly no reason to look to an over. Uh, and I'm there's no way you could get me to bet an over first quarter, first half, full game. I do think early in the game is the best time to be looking because I think this is a closer I think this is a close game. So if, if we get overtime, something like that, you don't want to you don't want to be on that full game. I think what you just said, Fez, first half is probably the way to go. I might even I like to win. Early in the game. So first quarter under seven? I might go even further. I don't want to play an under seven because that's just one score. I'd much rather pay un- play an under seven half if I could find it, even a minus sixty, that extra vig. But mm. I got to tell you, I want to fast. Let's, let's fast forward. Not fast forward. Let's go backwards even further. Six minutes into the game, I want to be cashing my ticket. I might look for no score for six minutes, 30 seconds in this game. You know, Fez, the, uh, the forced pick that you had there with RJ on the Nick Chubb uh, rushing total, I was going to ask you – does it concern you that the Browns do seem committed to making sure Kareem Hunt gets to carry the ball? It's a a sort of a 66-33 split so far between those two guys. Does that concern you when you're playing an over? You know, it's a great question, but these guys have always shared the rock. And if you look at Chubb's history, he's already 2-0 over, you know, this year. And historically, you know, that's been a prop that has done very well with Chubb getting over 80 yards. He absolutely is the bell cow, even when he's sharing carries. I'm not a fan of either of these teams right now. I just think the way that the Browns have looked to start the year, say what you will about the way that they, you know, blew the game. And we talked about it yesterday on SOVAM, Nick Chubb admitting his mistake. 
that if he doesn't score there with a minute 55 left, they beat the Jets. There's no if ands, or buts. They win that football game if he doesn't score that touchdown. So, yes, do we grade them as maybe a 2-0 team as opposed to an 0-2 team or 1-1 team? Maybe. Why? They, they won a coin flip against the well, Panthers. That's the point I'm trying to make, <laughs> I, that, that I don't think that their win in week one was a- impressive. And the loss in week two has to downgrade them a little bit. So I, I, I'm down on this Browns team. Well, and, and this, this, they're about to face the best team they've seen this year. Whatever yes. you think of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is better than the Jets, and they are better than the Carolina Panthers. You this, know what? No. No? No. Okay, tell me. I think Carolina is better. Carolina's a team. Yeah, they're 0-2. Carolina's 2-14 and in their last 16 straight up. They well, are horrible. If we want, coach if, is about to get If we fired. want to debate how good these teams were last year, I agree that the Pittsburgh Steelers were better. But You're I think, still buying Baker Mayfield stock. I'm going to make – hey, we're a betting show. Ugh. I'm going to bet that Carolina has a better record than Pittsburgh this year against you, and I'm already down a game. Okay, deal. You better ring that. Let's do it. Wow current number i'm getting the worst of this carolina is supposed to win i believe latest number is six and a half. Oh, i'm sorry it's i believe six and pittsburgh is more around seven then so. explain yourself what why are you willing to do this i i really think the more i'm watching you know pittsburgh play that that pass rush with watt was so critical to it that they're just not going to get the pressure uh, that defense just is not going to be nearly as good and you know, Mitch Trubisky has been a massive disappointment so far, and I frankly thought it would have been an upgrade on the offense, and it certainly has not been, and I'm not optimistic that it necessarily gets better. Well, they do have another option sitting there on the sideline, So, and there's been calls for Kenny Pickett already, so that's a possibility, certainly. Yeah, and they want to put a rookie quarterback in. Uh, good luck Good luck with uh, how that's going to turn out. I'll say this. These 38 totals, I'll start going over from the pick sixes that get thrown. Well, here's the updated numbers per DraftKings. Uh, Mackenzie got these numbers mm-hmm. for us here. Pittsburgh over under seven. Carolina over under five and a half. The over minus 120. Oh, I made so it six too high. Yeah, All you're right. giving yeah, up. Yeah, six is here. too high. Yeah, I'm giving up a game. Oh, a game and a half. That's like, a, you know, it's like 160 cents. Thank you. You're still taking me to Texas Deepers, though. <laughs> <laughs> and you can have your 12 lamb chops and eat your way back out of it. I'll, yeah. I'll take that. I, I'm in on that. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the side for the game. We've, we've kind of talked about the total. It, it, obviously, it's going to be a low-scoring game, kind of a grimy game. I My biggest regret this, this season so far was week one, giving five and a half points with Jameis Winston on the road. And I, I, in hindsight, I was like, I don't care who they're playing. Why, why would I have given these many, this many points with Jameis Winston? Now you're telling me I've got to give points, almost five points now with Jacoby Brissett. It doesn't feel right to me. It, it certainly doesn't feel right. You know, fascinating line move. So this game was three and a half. Three for, blanket was three and then three and a half. And then power move early in the week all the way up to five. Everybody's betting Cleveland like it's a lock. And then since then, it's just been a slow matriculation of Pittsburgh money as the line slowly leaked back down to, I guess, four and a half is what's prevalent right now. 
Yeah. And some fours, I think, are going to be popping up. I would only look towards Pittsburgh at the four and a half. I like Pittsburgh. Jadevian Clowney's out for this game. So one less pass rusher for the Cleveland Browns going up against the Steelers. And uh, I think Mike Tomlin is an underdog. And there's something about, yes, the Thursday night dogs uh, or, or, or the Thursday night road teams are at a disadvantage. I get that. This isn't a big travel. And also, earlier in the season, I think it's less important than it is later in the season. Because mm-hmm. fatigue comes into play later in the season. Earlier on in the season, I think they're going to be okay. And so I'll take the points here with the Steelers. And Fez mentioned short travel. This isn't like a cross-country trip. This is a, a, a hop-skip jump. Yeah, and crowd should be only 60-40 Cleveland. One would think it will be plenty of Steeler you know, fans there. You know, one prop I hadn't mentioned – I might play Steelers to have more points in the second half than the first half because I could really see Pittsburgh not getting seven, certainly not getting past seven in the first half, but I could certainly see them getting a touchdown in the second half. Uh, I'm going to have my best bet on this game is going to be a prop as well. I'm going to go with Miles Garrett over a quarter sack. uh, And it's minus 140 for him to basically record half a sack, which he has done in 14 of his last 19 games. Now, no Jadavian Clowney. No Jadavian Clowney. So they might Clowney. roll some coverage to him. Oh, they might. But, they, you know, Jadavian Clowney, listen, he's got three sacks through two games this season. Uh, Trubisky's already been sacked four times. And it, uh, tradi- historically, I should say, Miles Garrett has eaten against mm. the Steelers. One final trend for Mike Tomlin as a divisional dog, 18-7-2 ATS. And has won six of his last seven ATS Listen, in if this I, role. If I get a chance to back Tomlin as a dog, typically that's the side I want to be on. I, and it was it bit me last week against New England, uh, but he, he just he, in these situations, he seems to always find a way to keep his team in the game. Doesn't it seem like Tomlin, like when he would play a really good Baltimore team, more often than not, it doesn't matter. Backup quarterback catching <laughs> catching six, yeah, games heading to overtime. Who knows who's going to win, right? Kickoff from Cleveland, 8.15 Eastern time tonight, Thursday night football. All right, let's go out to some college football where Virginia Tech, a home dog, plus two and a half, hosting the West Virginia Mountaineers. I got to believe that home field plays a role here. Lane Stadium, nationally televised, primetime game. 7.30 on ESPN. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. What do they play? Enter Sandman there. What do they play uh, to get the crowd fired up? I think it's Enter Sandman. I think right? it is. Yeah. So it, it's going. This atmosphere is too much. I, I would. They're a home dog here. Yeah, Brent Pry, the the, the new head coach, uh, former Penn State DC, who has has really kind of turned this secondary and really this defense around immediately. A bad loss in week one to Old Dominion, no doubt about it. But they gave nothing to Boston College, who's a good passing team. They gave them nothing, and they gave up nothing to Wofford. JT Daniels, if if Boston College isn't putting up anything on you, JT Daniels certainly isn't. He's been a mm-hmm. massive disappointment. But this, this Hokies defense has been outstanding. Uh, 9.9 yards per attempt allowed by West Virginia, so the Hokies' offense, which has not been good, they may have some success here as well. What's your take on the quarterback? Because 
he turns the football over a lot. But we always talk about turnovers are really – they even out, right? There's some luck involved in the turnovers. But Grant Wells is like an interception machine. I'd rather have Grant Wells than, than JT Daniels at this point, to be honest. Really? I think I would. Wow. Wells, the quarterback for uh, Virginia Tech, played at Marshall, right? Yeah, Marshall transfer. Yeah. So he threw a lot of interceptions at Marshall, too. Yeah. Listen, he has. But so far, this West Virginia defense has been willing to give it up. They only brought back four starters on defense, and two of them are on the defensive line. Their entire linebacking core is gutted. Their secondary's got one returning guy. It's just a bad defense so far. I lean towards the home team just because of the atmosphere, and I love home dogs on the Thursday night nationally televised games. I'm with you. I don't get this number. I thought we maybe we were looking at a pick em. Uh My power ratings have West Virginia about a point and a half better, so getting two and a half at home is a gift to me on Virginia Tech. Let me ask you, AJ, when you would like to get the three, but you can't get it, and it's Unlike, two and a half. And that's why I haven't made this bet yet. Because you've you've taught me this, wait until kickoff. We've seen this line move from one and a half to two and a half. Often when a line starts moving like that, it's going to keep going, right? It's less like, and if it goes back to one and a half, you don't lose anything. Exactly. If it moves to three, you've got a big uh, a big advantage there. Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting because what has changed in college football with the overtime rules now make two more valuable. But before this year, I would have always said, who cares? I'm getting two and a half or one and a half. I'll wait and try to get the three. And you know what? If the line crashes on me, I'll take the one and a half. And then if I go into double, triple overtime, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, someone's going to win by two. And I'm yeah. going to feel stupid so if because it of that. back, make sure you get a two. If it falls back from two and a half, get it before it gets to one and a half. Exactly. I always think these games are interesting, too, because it's and, – and maybe Thursday night's a little bit less because we have the NFL on Thursday night as well. But when it's a standalone game or a nationally televised game like this, it's going to draw more public money than a normal game on a Saturday will. So that there could be more movement on this line as opposed to some other random game. And also because it's a national title national – title, a national TV game. <laughs> Do not put these teams in the national title please, in the same sentence. Please. please. <laughs> the, didn't West Virginia almost get – they did get there once, right, back they 40 didn't. years ago? Oh, well, that, when they had, they had, had the, they the stud quarterback. Yes. I thought we were talking about West Pat Virginia White. or Virginia Tech? <laughs> West Virginia. Oh. Before oh, they had time. a stud quarterback. Maybe McKenzie can look that up. The um, But because of live wagering and the prevalence during all the timeouts, you're going to see all these different books putting up lines. And sometimes a book will say, you know what, we got a little overexposed on West Virginia. I'll shade my live number a little bit. It's not unusual mm. that you can get a better number. And remember, if you're holding out for a plus three and like, oh, I really wanted a plus three, well, maybe you're going to get a plus four and a half if um, the, there's an opening field goal for um, for West Virginia to start the game. Let's continue with the college football conversation, AJ. Coastal Carolina at Georgia State. Coastal Carolina laying only two on the road. This is a 3-0 Coastal Carolina team against an 0-3 Georgia State team. When you saw the line was only two, what was your reaction? My reaction was, this is right, and I like the dog here. Uh, Coastal Carolina, they're 3-0, but... Gardner Webb outgained them in total yards in week two. Uh, they, Buffalo, they were all out to beat Buffalo. They were Buffalo was leading them in the third quarter. So this is a, a Coastal Carolina team that's very phony right now. Meanwhile, Georgia State, they outgained the, they outgained South Carolina, end up losing the game. They were right there with North Carolina, end up losing that game. They've played a much higher level of competition. They returned so much on the offensive side of the ball. Meanwhile. 
Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall's back, and that's great. He's very good. The offensive line is not the same that it was last year, and Grayson McCall just hasn't had time. He's been pressured constantly. I like the way – Georgia State, the 0-3 is rough, but again, who you're playing against, how you've performed against them, I see an up arrow next to this Georgia State team. And a home dog on a Thursday night. That's a theme. game. It just – it makes sense to me. Would you lean that way just, just in general, Fezzik, when it comes to the home dog with these big-time – primetime games? I think you nailed it in the marketplace. Certainly the Sharps were on both of these home dogs catching the plus threes early in the week, grabbing Virginia Tech and grabbing Georgia State. By the way, a little housekeeping item. I don't know where I got the West Virginia, but it's Virginia Tech back in 2000. Sugar Bowl. That's what I thought. Mike Vick. Played Florida. There it is. Played Florida State and got thumped in the yeah, national title talking, game. I thought he was like referencing when West Virginia would win the Big East with Pat White. I know. I well, I thought he was going back <laughs> even further than that, like before my time. But yeah, Virginia Tech against Florida State in in the Sugar Bowl. I remember that actually. So uh, yeah, but even that's a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. One more game here on Thursday night: Chattanooga at Illinois. Oh, AJ, we've had a lot of conversations about Illinois in the College Football Podcast. Uh, I see a rogue. Uh, number out here just because well, not a lot of books are offering it right now as we record this podcast, but I see Illinois laying 19 at home against Chattanooga. Yeah, it's FBS versus FCS, so lower limits, and, and some books won't even offer it at all. Uh, I, I don't have a good feel for this. I, I, the, my number would be around 21, but again, I, admittedly, my numbers on FCS schools, not strong enough to feel good about. Yeah, Chattanooga 3-0 and on the year. Illinois is 2-1, and and... Uh, yeah, they beat Wyoming, and they beat Virginia. And that Virginia game was ugly for Virginia. So, looked good for Illinois. We'll what see. I know is <laughs> Illinois has, has been very strong defensively, stronger than I thought they would be. There's people talking about Illinois maybe being a bowl team. If that's the case... Well, everyone's a bowl team. I don't know. I don't care how good of an FCS school you are. It might be tough, tough sledding for the mocks. Some NBA news that actually came down last night, uh, Woj bomb, that Celtics coach Ime Udoka is facing disciplinary action, and there is a significant suspension that is expected. We'll know more about this as this story progresses throughout the day on Thursday, but I would think if there's a lengthy suspension, AJ, for Udoka, it has to affect the Celtics' championship odds. Well, it hasn't so far. McKenzie, what, what what were the odds before, and what are the odds now for the Celtics' title chances? Six to one two hours ago, six to one after the Woj bomb. Yeah. But we don't know any of a suspension. What if it's a, it could be two weeks or it could be two months? But we do know he's facing a suspension. And yes. Let's face it. I, I mean, how how much is a coach worth in the NBA? This this. It's players. Like, if you've got good players, you can win. It, it, there's a lot of great coaches who, if they don't have the right players, they lose. The Celtics still have the players. Yeah, well, they're going to be without Robert Williams for a little bit because he uh, is having that knee operation. So he's expected to be back early on in the season, but they will be without him for the start of this season. And like you said, maybe we'll have more on this today when, or, you know, for tomorrow's show. Uh, when we find out what's going on with him today. The latest tweet from Woj said, quote, no final decision has been made on the length of a suspension, but internal discussions have included scenarios that would keep Udoka out for the entirety of the 2022-23 season, a source told ESPN, end quote. I think if that's the case, we might see some change in the market. 
Well, we already gave you a breakdown of Thursday night football in the NFL and in college football, but we have a full slate of Major League Baseball games, so let's get to the look ahead. A couple of day games, AJ. We have the Rangers hosting the Angels, uh, Texas minus 140, with their ace, Martin Perez on the hill were you a texas rangers guy when you were in houston i was not a texas rangers guy i was a texas rangers guy growing up when nolan ryan went to the rangers my my dad switched my allegiances because he was a nolan ryan guy but after nolan ryan I'm, they're dead to me yeah i think the only time i would like to bet the rangers is when paris pitches uh, i you well, would like to bet him when nolan ryan pitches. i would like to bet him when nolan ryan pitches as well maybe you want to bet against them when they play the angels also without otani right the ideal opponent I would say would be the Angels, a team that was supposed to contend, but now is a dead team. And if Otani's not starting for them, I would think that you're going to make money betting every game against the Angels. Mm, quite possibly. Moving on, Royals host the Twins. Minnesota minus 130 favorites on the road. Josh Windsor goes for Minnesota. Jonathan Heasley on the hill for the Royals. The Giants take on the Rockies in Colorado. No announced pitcher yet for San Francisco. Jose Urena goes for the Rockies. The Mariners are at the A's. AJ, the Mariners have been struggling with Oakland this week. And the only thing I can think of with their struggles, and they also struggled with the Angels before then. Could it be late in the year slump or the Mariners trying to maneuver themselves into the third wild card so that they can take on the Guardians in the first round of the playoffs? It, it seems kind of risky business at this point in the season, but it's not outrageous. Adrian Martinez gets the start for the A's. That makes, me wanna, that makes me want to fade Kansas State. If Adrian Martinez <laughs> is pitching for the A's, how's he going to play on Saturday? Listen to the college football podcast because we did talk about Adrian Martinez. Seattle minus 240 on the road. The Padres minus 140 at home with Joe Musgrove on the hill going up against the Cardinals. The Cardinals will throw Jack Flaherty. Moving on, the Cubs take on the Pirates and Mitch Keller on the hill for Pittsburgh. The Brewers are at the Reds. Brandon Woodruff goes for Milwaukee. Hunter Green for Cincinnati. I love the over just in any game that Hunter Green pitches. Uh, the Blue Jays take on the Rays. Jose Barrios on the hill for Toronto. And it looks like it's going to be JT Chargois. Chargos. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think he's an opener. Chargois. For fancy. the Tampa Bay Rays. So I only expect them to go about two innings. And then the bullpen will take over for Kevin Cash. The Astros are at the Orioles. Justin Verlander on the hill for the Strohs. We talked about his last start, AJ, because it was his first start off the IL, and we mentioned that he was pitching to regain the Cy Young, which he is still the betting favorite. All he did was throw five no-hit innings with one walk and nine strikeouts in his return from the IL against the Oakland A's. We and back in Verlander again? I think so, and since you know we thought maybe the Astros would see some dip after they clinched the division, but two solid wins against Tampa. I, I see no reason why Justin Verlander doesn't roll here. Kyle Bradish goes for the Orioles. The Braves take on the Phillies. Nice little battle there of two wild card teams that could be a preview of the wild card series, unless the Braves catch the Mets. Uh, Max Fried on the hill for the Braves. Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. Atlanta is minus 145. They go into this matchup one game back of the Mets for first place in the National League East. The Red Sox at the Yankees, the rivalry renewed. Michael Waka on the hill for the Red Sox, 11-1 on the season, Michael Waka. Jameson Tyone for the Yankees. Yankees minus 170. The total is 8.5 and, and all eyes on the Bronx as we watch for Aaron Judge and the chase for 61. He did not hit a home run 
on Wednesday night. And if you were worried that the pressure was going to get to Judge, AJ, he still went two for four. So yeah, not a bad day, but he no held himself. Run. He acquitted himself nicely. But so far, I'm right. I said yesterday it'll be a couple days, a couple's more than one. So okay. if you had to place a bet, would you would you say it's tonight? Would you say it's Friday or over the weekend? I'm going to say over the weekend. Mm. I'm going to say Friday night. I'm not going to go. Not off Waka Waka. Not against Waka Waka, but possibly on Friday night pitching matchup for the Yankees going up against the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Rich Hill. He throws batting practice. And <laughs> and guess what? The game's on Apple TV. What better way for Major League Baseball to uh, appease its new broadcast partner than to have Aaron Judge hit home run number 61? What better way Friday for night. what better way for baseball fans to be frustrated that they didn't get to see it? Don't worry. They'll cut live cut-ins. Uh, two more games on the schedule. The White Sox host the Guardians. Cleveland minus 135 with Shane Bieber on the hill and Johnny Cueto goes for the White Sox, Cleveland now a stranglehold, if that's what you want to call it, on that division. Six games up on the White Sox. And finally, the nightcap, Diamondbacks at the Dodgers with my boy Zach Gallen on the hill against Julio Urias. That's your boy, AJ. Dodgers are minus 220, and I'm sorry. You give me Zach Gallen at plus money or plus a run and a half or plus a half a run in the first five innings, I'm betting on the Diamondbacks. What's the total? I'm expecting not many. Total is seven. Give me the under. Give me a baseball bet for the under. Question for both of you. Shy Sox in Minnesota, they've been involved in the division race all year long. Now it's looking hopeless. Are these just dead nut bet against teams the rest of the year? Mm, the White Sox have looked dead in the water for a couple of days now. All right, that's going to do it for our episode of Straight Out of Vegas AM. On this very feed, you can check out RJ Bell's Dream Preview, where Scott and Fezzik and RJ and I go over every NFL game. Give some tidbits, give some nuggets, give some picks. I think you'll love it. And the college football podcast available as well. AJ and I went over our picks for the William Hill College Football Pick'em Contest. And we have the lines now for the contest, which we didn't have when we recorded the episode. So we're going to have to change one of the picks. We'll go over that on tomorrow's episode of Straight Out of Vegas AM. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Have a great day.